Hello, I'm Pastor Mike Agnew, and this is St. Paul's United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in listening to our sermons on the podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you don't have a church home currently, our church is located in Cherokee, Iowa at 531 West Main Street. And you can find out more about us by going to our website at www.cherokeemethodist.com. Now, in last week's episode, we started a new sermon series for the new year called Unsung Heroes. And each week during this sermon series, we're going to be looking at a different biblical character or characters that you might not have heard of, or maybe you have, but you've forgotten about them, or you don't typically think of them when you think of the Bible. These are folks who work behind the scenes, but oftentimes the most important work happens behind the scenes. And so today's sermon is based on 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 24 to 34. And today we're focusing on someone you may or may not have heard of. His name is Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of the first king of Israel, King Saul. And his story is also centered around David as he is in hiding because King Saul is trying to kill him. And eventually it is believed that King Saul would no longer be king, and his replacement would be David, that David would become king, and that he was God's chosen one. Jonathan is David's friend, but also the son of his the king, Saul. And in addition, David is the son-in-law of Saul because he married one of his daughters. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot to take in. Let's start in the beginning. Just to catch you up, up a little bit. In last week's sermon, we talked about the women who saved Moses when Moses was a baby. And so to get you up to speed to where we are now, because we're skipping quite ahead in the Bible, Moses grew up, of course, and he, along with God's help, set the people free, the Hebrew people free from slavery in Egypt. And so then they go through the wilderness and God leads them through the wilderness until they get to the promised land. And long story short, they settle in the promised land, the Canaan, but they don't really have a centralized form of government yet. At first, they are a loose confederation of tribes. They don't have a particular leader. God is their leader. But when times get tough and they need help, their leader would be anyone who is strong, who would rise up to lead them to victory against their enemies. Well, this went on for quite a while. And eventually, some people looked around them and they saw that all the other kingdoms had kings and armies. And they started to want that. Now, the Bible has conflicting views on whether or not God wanted them to have a king or not. The last prophet, Samuel, he was definitely against it. He felt that the people were choosing a king and armies over God. However, God himself seemed to be reluctant towards it, but he allowed it to happen. And so Samuel anoints the first king, Saul. And Saul shows a lot of promise at first as king, but then he becomes very corrupted, as is very common, and his, his rule goes down the tube, so to speak. He also appears to be struggling mentally with something, as the Bible describes that he is oftentimes tormented by a demon. And so whenever he would be tormented by a demon, he employed the services of a man named David, right, the David that we know, 
And David, a young David, would play the harp, which would soothe Saul's soul when he was disturbed. And so that's how David came to be in Saul's household. That, and of course, David was also a warrior, as we have the story of him killing the giant Goliath. And as time went on, David also would lead Saul's armies into multiple victories over the Philistines. Well, as David won more and more victories, public opinion started to shift and started to move towards David instead of Saul. Sometimes David became more popular than Saul, as many people would chant a saying in those days that would go like this. Saul has killed thousands. David has killed tens of thousands. Interesting chant. Actually, I don't think that either one is necessarily great on a moral resume, but, you know, that's how things were in the ancient world. So people were liking David more than Saul, and Saul noticed this. He noticed this, and so he was upset because he wanted his throne, his power, to remain in his family. So after Saul is gone, he wanted his son Jonathan to be the next king. And so Saul grew to hate David, and eventually he started to try to kill him. And so on more than one occasion, when David is playing the harp, Saul tries to kill him with a spear. And it eventually gets to the point to where David has to flee because he no longer feels safe in Saul's household. So also during this time, David befriended Saul's son, Jonathan. They were, they were very close friends. You know, the kind of friendship, the deep friendship where you trust one another with everything. They'd made a covenant with one another to remain loyal to one another. And so when David is fleeing, he tells Jonathan that, that his father, Saul, is trying to kill him. But Jonathan doesn't believe him. Why? Well, because Jonathan feels that if, if Saul was trying to kill David, he'd know about it. David says, no, the reason you don't know about it is because he knows you'd be upset. And so David and Jonathan, they come up with this elaborate plan to try to convince Jonathan, basically, that Saul is out to get David. And so there's this new moon festival, this important banquet that's coming up where David's presence is expected. And so the plan is that David will be absent. And then when Saul asks Jonathan where David is, uh, Jonathan is to say, oh, he went out to perform a sacrifice. And then they are to see how Saul will respond. If he responds angrily, that means he's trying to kill him. And boy, let me tell you, they they went ahead and carried out this plan, and they found out just how angry Saul was. When, when he finds out from Jonathan where David is, he f flies off the handle. I mean, what he says is, and I quote, he tells Jonathan this, he says, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Wow. But Saul sees through this. He knows that it's a lie. And he knows that his son, his own son, Jonathan, is siding with David. And he knows, he knows that public opinion has moved away from him and on to David. He knows that as long as David is alive, then the throne is not going to remain in his family. And so he tells Jonathan this, but that Jonathan doesn't seem to care. And Jonathan says, well, what has David done that we should try to kill him? And at this, Saul tries to kill Jonathan. Well, Jonathan is a believer now in what David said. So Jonathan goes out and he contacts he contacts, you know, they get in touch with David. David and Jonathan get together. And realizing what has happened, David has no choice but to flee. And Jonathan feels that he has no choice but to stay with his family. And so they part ways. 
in an emotional goodbye. And they will never see each other again. Ultimately, Jonathan stayed with his father. He fought battles against the Philistines. And ultimately, there is a battle in which Saul, Jonathan, and more of Saul's sons were killed in battle. Now, this is quite a story, right? I mean, this has enough drama to make it worthy for a Netflix binge-watching night, right? I mean, there's just a lot of elements and a lot of layers here and a lot of dysfunction. Well, what does this story have to tell us? Well, plenty, actually, even though this happened so long ago and in a much different context, it has plenty to teach us today. First of all, it teaches us the value of friendships, deep friendships. You know, finding a, a close, deep friend like that, it's it's easy to do, but it takes a lot of time. I guess I should rephrase that. It's not easy to do. It's hard to do. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort and investment. And most people are lucky if they can find one deep friendship like that in their lifetime. David and Jonathan had that kind of friendship where they were willing to to be with one another through thick and thin. And so it's important for us to do that. And another layer, though, that we see in this story is that Jonathan has conflicting loyalties. You know, he's loyal on one hand to his covenant that he's made with his friend David, but on the other hand, he's also he also feels this loyalty towards his dad, and you can't blame him for that. And so that's why they have to part ways. Jonathan could have gone with David. Many people did. Jonathan could have fled with David and, and joined his side completely, but he felt like he couldn't, and so he stayed with his father, Saul. And I suppose David could have faulted him for that, but he didn't. He didn't feel that Jonathan was betraying him. He understood, and they kept their covenant. And after the battle where Jonathan died, after David became king, he kept true with his covenant, and he took care of Jonathan's ancestors who were still living. You know, as I said, finding a deep friendship like that is is really hard, but worthwhile. You know, so oftentimes we feel like we have friends, and, and there may be people in our lives who are friendly, but will they stick with us through thick and thin when things get tough? Oftentimes we have the illusion of having many friendships thanks to social media. We think we have a number of friends, but most of those folks, if we're honest, they're friendly, but they're not really our friends. But finding a deep, true friendship like David and Jonathan had, that is a rare treasure. So we have this idea of friendship, first of all, of what it teaches, but we also see this concept of doing the right thing and following God, even when it is counterintuitive. And that's what Jonathan had to do. He he knew that public opinion had moved towards David. He knew that Saul's kingship was a disaster. He knew that David was going to be the next king, and he felt that God had chosen him to be king. And so Jonathan, we don't know for sure if Jonathan wanted to be king or not, but he was next in line. So to give that up probably would have been hard. And this this action, this this action of working behind the scenes to help keep David alive, this would have taken great courage and humility. Humility to know that he is not the rightful king and courage to go against his father. What about us? Are we willing to do the right thing and to follow God no matter what it may mean? Because oftentimes following God doesn't mean getting what we want. Sometimes it means giving up ourselves or our future or the limelight 
Sometimes following God is hard. And Jonathan was willing to do the right thing. These decisions are not always easy to make. Figuring out the right thing is not always easy. And in some situations, there's more than one right thing. So how do you know what to do? It takes a lot of discernment. I mean, we read the story and we know that obviously Jonathan did the right thing because we know the ending, right? We know that for all of his faults and sins, David became known as the greatest king that Israel ever had. And ultimately, his family line would lead to Jesus, right? So we know that he did the right thing. But, you know, hindsight is something that they didn't have when they were going through it. And we don't have hindsight either when we're going through things. And so the the answer might not be as clear cut for us as we might think it is when we know the ending. And so all I can say is that when we're not sure what the right thing is, all we can do is spend time in prayer and discernment, getting the counsel of others, and seeking to, to make the best decision in good faith. It's not easy. There's no formula. But following God is never the wrong thing. And so in this story, we meet another hero, a different kind of hero. There's David, of course, and we know all kinds of things about David. David is so big in the Old Testament. But one of the main reasons why David was so successful, one of the main reasons why he was able to be king in the first place, is because his good friend Jonathan, working behind the scenes, gave up his own future as king and worked to ensure that David got away. And so we are called also to do the right thing, to follow God no matter what that might mean, even if it means sacrificing something of ourselves. We are called to follow God. And whether it's working behind the scenes or working in in front of other people, we can know that we're doing the right thing and we're making a big difference. Amen. God bless and have a great week.